You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. As we do on Tuesdays in the playoffs, it's time for some exit interviews here with the teams that were eliminated. Now two teams are out of it and two teams advanced to the Super Bowl. So let's focus on those two teams that are now out and eliminated from the playoffs. The outlook for the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs this offseason. We'll have plenty of time to talk Rams and Bengals in the two weeks that lead up to Super Bowl 56. Big news this morning. It became official. Tom Brady has retired. The personal stories and how he has affected us watching him over the years, Matt. Um, and, you know, may, maybe a little bit different than some of the other Tom Brady stories that are going on out there. And, and everyone's got one for a guy who's got seven rings and has been uh, really become the, the greatest football player of all time over the course of his 22 year career. And Jim Harbaugh. Minnesota Vikings, an in-person interview is happening there. Some of the latest coaching news as well. Coming up, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Should probably dip into that Twitter mailbag tomorrow, so hit us up there on those Twitter handles with your Twitter questions for the Wednesday episode this week at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Not only Super Bowl, but Senior Bowl conversations to be had here on the program, Matt. But let's start with Tom Brady. He made a statement this morning, Tuesday, making it official. Everybody already had their stories filed because the the rumors were out there and he waited for championship weekend to happen. And now Tom Brady making it official in his statement on social media saying, I've always believed the sport of football is an all in proposition. If a 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There was a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that allowed me to maximize my highest potential, and I've tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career, and now it's time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. And I think he nailed his own self-evaluation right the the commitment the 100% competitive commitment is what he's been all about and it's why he was so successful yeah ridiculous um dedication to his craft and um you know self-made in a lot of ways not the most talented quarterback I mean it doesn't look the part I mean just go look at his combine stuff and struggled to even keep the starting job at Michigan, you know, I mean, just a crazy path and and an amazing, um, you know, display of toughness, mental fortitude, you know, dedication, all those things. Um, We had to bring up Brady, but I I don't have much more to add. You know, I I mean, we can maybe, you know, mention something of how he affected us personally, um, a couple things I wanted to throw out that maybe others aren't quite thinking about is um, he has the best resume of any football player that's ever lived. I mean, I think you could argue was Lawrence Taylor or Jim Brown better than Brady, maybe, you know, but in terms of resume accomplishments, clearly he sits alone. Yep. And I wonder if our listeners could help me. I mean, is his resume in football better than Jordan's in basketball or, 
Gretzky in hockey is unbelievable, or some baseball player that's clearly the best. I mean, is he really the the greatest team sport athlete ever? I mean, it's, I don't think you compare him to like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, you know? I, I think it's too hard to compare across sports, and every sport is built different for how much one player can. I, I think sure. football is still too much of a team sport. I mean, you're not you're not even playing defense, right? Like a, you would in in baseball. You know, someone who's right. a, like Barry Bonds, who was a Gold Glover, and also put these insane statistics out there that were so much better than everybody else he was playing against. And obviously, you know, asterisks or whatever next to his name, you know, not in the Hall of Fame and all that. But you're only playing half of. It's so important. It's such an important position in sports, but Jordan still impacts the game, I think, more than Tom Brady does. And so it's just different sports. It's hard to 20% compare. 20% of his team on, right. the, on the field, on the court all the time. You right, know? right. And I will say, though, that the thing I would compare is, and we talked about commitment and what it takes and, and how you're wired, and that's absolutely key. You, you can't just go out and find the next Brady. You're like, well, let's, let's find a guy who's slow and has a, just a, a good arm, you know? Right, right, right. You're not looking for that. It's so hard to find that person who's wired from the neck up the way Brady is. But I think that's the closest comparison is neck up from someone like Brady, Jordan, yeah. like a Tiger Woods maybe. Um, yeah, good one. Uh, like, Tom, does Tom Brady have actual friends? You almost can't. Right. right? You, yeah, almost have exactly. to be, right. you almost have to be broken in. in a normal social setting to be wired that way and that competitive. And, and Michael Jordan's number 1A on that list, too. It's like, I don't think Jordan really enjoys life unless he's competing. If you, if he's going and playing golf, he, he has to compete. He has to put $10,000 on, on a hole, right, to, to really yeah. get that mojo going for him. It's a, he gambles a lot. You know, it, He's a mega millionaire, doesn't even have good friends. Can he just hang out and have a good time? And I, that's what I worry about for part two of now Tom Brady's life. I mean, he's, he's old for a football player, but he's got a lot of life left, right? As being a dad, is he going to be um, that competitive at his, at his kids um, little league games, you know, too? It's like, is it probably hard for him to even watch? Cause you have to be wired different and almost broken to a way to be that level of greatness because of the grind it takes and because of how competitive you are and how it has to consume every second of every day of your life. Two notes on that. I mean, like, will he, <laughs> At ten years from now, will the TB12 brand name be more recognizable than Nike? Because he's just gonna go all in and <laughs> right. You know, That's you know his next I mean? sites. He's like, all right, Jordan, you did a pretty cool thing with uh, the Jordan brand over here. How about TB12? Let's go. Yeah, right. Like, like, well, <laughs> my can... grandkids be wearing TB12 top to yeah. bottom and never even heard of Nike. Or I wouldn't be surprised whatever, if that's you know? what he's uh, he's after. Right. He's not going to get there. But that he that that like that's the kind of drive. That's the competitive nature. Yeah, and and so that would be fun to hear that Probably conversation not. between um, between Jordan. And and someone like Tom Brady, but probably not just sitting on the beach with a margarita like you know we'd be doing, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. And if he was that type, then he probably wouldn't have gotten to where he got as a sixth round pick in in two thousand, right? Probably not. Of course, of course. Right. And one thing I've always heard about Jordan and Brady and these ultra competitive, and I don't throw that word around lightly, is yeah, they love winning, but they can't stomach losing i mean like it makes them physically ill they they just hate <laughs> yeah the, losing the is greatest hate they hate to lose losing is worse than winning is good right right, right by far mm -hmm. so any notes just like covering the steelers anything that that brady did to the steelers that really sticks out in your head uh two things i just want to throw out and they're they're sort of steelers related is you know, a lot of people around here now since the brady news are talking about 
I know you're not the biggest Hall of Fame guy, but are they going to keep Ben out of the Hall of Fame five years from now so Brady can go in by himself? You know, I mean, yeah, the whole and, first ballot thing isn't right. what it used to be. There's like a, a there was like Hall of Famers, then a special extra group of first ballot. It feels like Tom Brady needs to be in have an extra thing above even other Hall of Famers like Ben Roethlisberger. Right, like they're they're hesitant to put two of the same position in a lot. I think it's only happened two or three times that two quarterbacks went in the same year. Like Steve Young and Dan Marino went in, and I forget who Warren Moon went in with, maybe Favre, someone like, you know, but that's the big worry around here. And to take it a step further, if you think about five years from now, that Hall of Fame class could be Ben, Brady, Gronk, Adrian Peterson, and who else? You know, like, holy smokes. Like Rivers in there, maybe? Yeah, or Breeze. Breeze is the year before. Rivers would be the year before. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be crazy. Um, as for Steeler-related stuff, there's really a lot, to be honest. I mean, I don't blame him entirely for the Steelers not winning more, but Kevin Colbert, the GM of the Steelers, is resigning or stepping down after the draft. And he basically was the Pittsburgh's GM as long as Brady has been in the league, you know, like a year or two off. And during Colbert's time here, the Steelers are the second winningest team in the league with a lot of huge <laughs> losses to New England and Brady. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how different could things be? And that's the thing that steps out that stands out to me is not all the Super Bowls, not like the 49ers don't have personal times when they got Brady'd, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and because they're in the NFC and not as much as NFC AFC teams do, especially in the playoffs. And the 49ers greatness sort of ended around that time. Like imagine the lineage. The 49ers drafted two quarterbacks. In the 2000 draft. That's crazy, yeah. And they did not draft the greatest quarterback of all time. Who was in their backyard? Grew up wearing from there, Joe yeah. Montana jerseys in San Mateo, California, too, right? So it's crazy. And Giovanni Carmazzi was a third-round pick that year for the 49ers. Never completed an NFL pass. That <laughs> How insane is that? And they passed yeah. on the greatest quarterback of all time. Imagine that passing that torch. What if the 49ers lucked into... Tom Brady, which was right about the time Steve Young's career was ending. They would go from Montana to Young to Brady and keep that dynastic run for another 20 years. Would it have looked as good? Niners roster wasn't in the place that the Patriots were. Would would Tom Brady have turned out the same? And then I think of end of career Brady. He wanted to go back home and play for the Niners, and the Niners oh, turned him right. down. That's very true, right. These last no, two thanks. years, there was a lot of injuries for the Niners in 2020. Coming off the Super Bowl, I understand why they kept their quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. But I look at this year. Could Brady have gone out winning a Super Bowl for his childhood team and and this his last season? I, I mean, Brady would have been better than Garoppolo. I think that's pretty clear. And sure. could, could that have been the way Brady went out as a Super Bowl champion for the San Francisco 49ers at the end of this season? So th- those are the things I think about with Brady. Uh, they, the 49ers got Brady'd in the offseason rather than during games during his career. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because he did it in games to my team. And, you know, I definitely take uh, blame him a little, you know, that he during this era, the Steelers were the second winning his team, you know, and oh, no I doubt. wonder do, what could have happened. Over the know? course of 22 years, how many teams would have had a shot to win a Super Bowl if Brady and the Patriots didn't exist? Exactly, exactly. And oh. then, I mean, it, it's a longer run than – you know, your Niners in the Montana era and Young era or my Bradshaw Steelers. But, like, if you talk to, like, my dad, he's like, man, the Raiders and the Oilers would have been much more – for ones for the Steelers, they would have had a lot more mm-hmm. Super Bowl hardware. You know what I mean? Just right. Wrong time. 
Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, where they've won a couple right. championships back in the day, right? If it wasn't for the Niners. Or yeah, the, like uh, Ewing's Knicks. Or, uh, the Jordan's in my conference. All right, enough about Tom Brady. A lot of ink yep, spilled yep, about his career, and it's due because, obviously, he's, he's had the best NFL career of all time. That 22-year run officially ends today. Those San Francisco 49ers that Tom Brady did not play for, they're out of the playoffs now, what's the offseason outlook for those teams that were eliminated from the playoffs in the NFC and AFC championship round, the San Francisco 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs next, and is Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL? Coming up. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season, from scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. I mean, BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, the San Francisco 49ers that said no to Tom Brady, they said yes to continuing on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then one year after that offseason, they decided, you know what, maybe we made the wrong choice. We're going to draft Jimmy Garoppolo's heir apparent. So uh, when you talk about the eliminated San Francisco 49ers, you have to think about how different this team is going to look going forward at quarterback. And they're going to keep some continuity in the coaching department with D'Amico Ryans officially removing his name from consideration from the Minnesota Vikings. We'll get to that coaching vacancy in a moment. But from my perspective, it's clear. The Niners have a bunch of free agents. you got to figure out you know, some where to find money for your own guys. They're not going to go out and go shopping. This, is, this team is not going to look much different at key starting positions because you know, Lake and Tomlinson, they're going to find money for him at left guard, I think. You know, DJ mm-hmm. Jones, guys like Arden Key. Um, maybe Jaquaski Tart moves on and they give the job to their fifth-round draft pick in uh, Talano Hufanga at strong safety you know just some minor changes as far as the 22 start the 21 starters on that team but the big change it's a short conversation here Matt I think for the 49ers offseason it's now the Trey Lance era the Niners are going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo I think that is now clear and however good Trey Lance becomes that's what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have hitched their wagon to yep and it, coincidentally, today on ESPN.com, I think that Dan Graziano put it together. He has a list from 1 to 32 of who has the most to least offseason resources to you know to change their team. Draft picks and salary cap space is, all, is really just a combination of that, and they use some formula. Only the Rams, who the Niners lost to, has less offseason capital than San Francisco. But to your point... I don't think they really need much, you know, I mean, they don't have a first round pick they could use a corner, maybe an offensive lineman, you know, and the whole story is going to be Jimmy for Lance. And I, I think I know you well enough to say that Lance will be very much the starter next year. And if by chance he turns into a Herbert Burrow, you know, one of these next young studly quarterbacks, holy smokes, look out for this team. Um, I guess my only question revolving around that is hypothetical. Uh, my Steelers want to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it, what's it going to take to get yeah. him out of there? Is it, I it think, all 
it has to go no matter what. The more I think about it, my mind goes to one sort of a trade. And I'm I'm really confident about this value now for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that I've seen the way it's gone. And I think the 49ers were big winners in all this because there was a lot of questions about how they were going to do it. And they, they stood with, they stood firm with their plan all along. They started Jimmy Garoppolo successful season. They got all the way to the NFC championship game. That first round pick now in the 2022 draft is the 29th overall selection that they ended up sending to the Dolphins. So it makes the trade look better. Obviously where that 2023 pick turns out to be and how good Trey Lance plays next year is the real key to that whole trade because they did trade a ton to go up and get this unknown FCS level quarterback in Trey Lance and super young by the way how about this tie-in April 16th 2000 Tom Brady was drafted Trey Lance not alive yet he was born (laughs) he was born three weeks later almost a month later May 9th 2000 so he was not alive when Tom Brady was drafted I'm pretty sure he's the first NFL player that was born in the 2000s. Yes, yep. Uh, and then a couple, I think maybe Jamar Chase. and A couple know, that were drafted after. Yeah, him. I know yeah. Penny Sewell yeah. also was born in the year 2000, but Trey Lance was the first ever player drafted that was born in the year 2000 or later. Real quick on Jimmy, I just read the, the write-up on ESPN.com. If they were to cut Jimmy, that gives them about $20 million, $25 million in cap space, or if they trade him. So... Yes, I think he has to go because they're, they're right oh, he's up against go- the cap. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. They, they, yeah. Th- this is the plan. They, he's gone. They, they've got to give some of that money eventually to Debo Samuel. They got to sign the Boses of the world. You've got your rookie contract quarterback. Uh, that's the plan. Incoming Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, right. is gone to the highest bidder. Jimmy doesn't have a, no trade clause. They're not going to do Jimmy dirty though. I don't think you know. He, I think they'll probably help him out even if they get a, even a lesser pick back. So, um, but you asked what the this was the last part of the yeah the last part of the Niners thing compensation the 49ers are going to ask for a first round pick they're not going to get it in my opinion teams are going to be offering in my opinion something like a third round pick so to me what's going to end up happening and Garoppolo might have surgery because he's you know he's dealing with the thumb and the shoulder which by the way were affecting him and he kind of came clean to I think it was Mike Silver after the game was like yeah so that was affecting him in the playoffs as you would expect Mm -hmm. he had a shoulder sprain and a, a, a partially torn thumb on his throwing arm um, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure you brought it up on Locked On Niners a million times. But Jimmy's an easy whipping boy, but he was fighting a lot of stuff. Oh, he's got so. <laughs> here's the thing: is you, if you're a fan, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not super exciting with his, you know, his talent sure. level. He's not slinging the rock all over the place. He's got so many fans inside the building. Teammates believe in him. Uh, his toughness, his professionalism, how he handled this whole thing with the Niners drafting Trey Lance. A ton of respect around the league and the toughness of playing through injuries and carrying the team and being the leader that he was. I know there's coaches around the league that just gets juiced up by that kind of stuff, right? Sure. Oh, so yeah, I think yeah. a coach that's trying to win games that already has a defense that doesn't want to get fired might look at Jimmy Garoppolo a lot more fondly this offseason than maybe a fan base that wants something sexier, that wants the new big shiny thing. Uh, a coach wants to go win and save their job and, and wants a leader and a tough guy, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo hits a lot of things that a lot of coaches are really going to like, which in the end I think means that uh, those offers will have to come up from a third. Niners probably won't get a first. So I think it'll end up being a second-round pick, maybe a conditional second-round pick that could become a third, depending on games played, because he does have an injury history. So if I had to put money on it, I'd say maybe some sort of a conditional, maybe even a future second, but I think it'll end up being a second-round pick that gets it done for Jimmy Garoppolo, because there'll be enough suitors, depending on what quarterbacks are available. Yeah, as you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing, and I was equating it to the Carson Wentz trade a year ago. I, th- I don't think they'll get as much as Indy gave up for Wentz, 
but it could be conditional. Hey, if you play 75% of the snaps, it turns from a three to a two. Right, or exactly. To get them to the playoffs, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, so it might be, say, maybe you have to give up a fifth this year, and then a conditional could be a third or could be a second in 2023, something like mm-hmm. that. And hey, if I'm Washington or, you know, there's plenty of teams that I think I would strongly consider right. that. And those teams, they're already good. They just need a quarterback you can win with when you're the Saints Tampa? or the Steelers or maybe even Tampa now. Yeah, I don't know if he yeah. fits Arian's offense all that well, but there's there's enough teams. And especially if there's no you know, Watson situation, there's no right, Rodgers, right. maybe that price could start to come up. No, I think you, you might be onto something. Kansas City Chiefs. Is this as easy as like let's just go do it again next year and go back to the championship game. I think so. Um, I'll reference that ESPN article again. They're 28th, so they don't have a lot. They only have 12 million in cap space. Of course, they're picking number 30. They don't have a lot of draft capital. Um, Orlando Brown and the Honey Badger are their two big free agents, and both will be expensive, especially starting left tackle. And the, the bigger issue to me, though, they have like – Somewhere between, it's like 24, give or take, UFAs this year. So, like, a huge portion of their roster is going to at least explore other options. They're not a lot of big-name guys, but you got to fill out the roster. So, they're going to lose a lot of the middle-class, lower-class type of veterans. And I think their depth is really going to be, you know, uh, under scrutiny is going to really be tested. They're yeah, it, hit on some mid round picks, and obviously the the fifty million per year contract at some point is going to kick in for Patrick Mahomes. Like this is year. a situation where yeah. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL currently, and maybe you know that that next generation of quarterbacks will be compared to Patrick Mahomes going forward. After you know the the, the baton sure. being passed from Tom Brady right to now, who's the goat in the NFL? It's by the way, can we retire the term goat? I can't believe I said that. I, I, it yeah, me crazy. I hate that too. Yeah, it's 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 it exists. Let's retire that with Tom Brady. He gets to be the greatest of all time, and we can move on from that conversation. Um, but this is what happens: expensive, great quarterback. We saw the Patriots do it for twenty years. You've got to draft and develop, and keep adding depth and talent to your team, and hope that coach quarterback carries you into the Super Bowl every single year. And I, I just I think it's pretty simple. You just keep drafting and developing. Stop screwing around with first-round running backs. I think they figured that out last offseason. Went exactly. back to the trenches, figured out their offensive line a little bit. Um, riding on the wall, Honey Badger, he he had a statement on social media. Sounded like he kind of knew he might be gone. So you can't really afford to pay everybody at this point anymore. If you are the Chiefs, you have to be smart about where you're spending that money and keep drafting and developing. And that's about it. Yeah, I don't have much more to add to it. I mean, they're obviously in a very enviable situation still. They'll be, you know, right at the top of the league in terms of Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, I did a, a Locked On Dynasty last night, and, and Ryan asked me, hey, do you th- are the Chiefs your pick to win it next year as we stand right now? I said, no, the Bills, but they're going to be right there. And But it does get more difficult now. You know, I mean, you're going to lose more than you gain almost every year going yep. forward. You can't do things like... I don't like this offensive line. Let's go get a new one, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a little bit more frugality there, I think. I actually have one more note I want to get to next before we talk Jim Harbaugh and the Minnesota Vikings about Patrick Mahomes and how he did perform in that AFC championship game next. You can save time, and let's be honest, more importantly, you can save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? 
There are so many makes and models of cars, and it's really impossible now for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why sit there and endure pointless, seemingly intimidating questions sometimes as your Odyssey, an LX, or an EX, and wait for some person that's standing behind the counter looking at a screen that you can't see, and maybe they only have one possible brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket Take control of some of these things. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to do some maintenance for your own car. Make sure you got jumper cables in there. Change those wiper blades before the winter hits so you can actually see out of your front windshield. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so we haven't really talked about what we saw championship weekend except for those initial reactions right after the games happened sunday night but here's a stat from pff and i talked about how bad patrick mahomes was in the second half and and especially the fourth quarter and, and especially the last two minutes and uh late in that game in the second half, Patrick Mahomes did something he's never done before. This is from George Shahuri of, of PFF. His average time to throw was four seconds, which is an eternity in the NFL. Forever, yeah. That's double what Ben does on average. Right. You know? Despite his longest ever time to throw, his average depth of target was only 3.9 yards downfield, which is the fourth shortest in a second half in his career. So not only was he holding the ball forever, he was only getting the ball out 3.9 yards down the field. So he was like, check down Charlie while holding the ball for four seconds. That is an awful combination. And he was really bad at the end of that game. And, and that's a great stat that illustrates it. It's a great stat that illustrates it. And it's funny, you and I did not plan this, but I have one that explains it. Is First of all, I think the way they handled the end of the first half was the beginning of the end for the Chiefs and gave the the Bengals life. And the words I've said 8 million times since the end of that game about Kansas City are cocky, arrogant, hubris, you know, I mean, and it, it bit them. But here's the number I heard. And in the second half, the Bengals defense only rushed three guys just under 50% of the dropbacks. That's an ungodly high number. So they were playing man coverage on the five eligibles with three other guys either lurking or spying or, you know, so in turn, Mahomes is holding the ball forever, but there's nowhere to throw it. And if you and I watched the game the second time, not only did the defense, you know, play that tactic, they were exceptional at it. And when they would play zone, you know, handing off receivers extremely well, there was nowhere to go with the football. And, I mean, usually in the, over the course of a game, just to put it in context, teams might rush three, five plays, you know, not 50% of the snaps in the second half. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. So he ended up running around and sometimes getting sacked and sometimes just like, well, I guess you just got to dump it off to this guy. And then the Bengals would rally and, and tackle whoever he dumped it off to. Yeah, and gets impatient. And, boy, I didn't make a play yet. I got to drive one in this tight window and – um, you know, uh, he's going to see a lot of it, though. I think hubris is I think that is one of the uh, maybe the biggest offseason 
I think it's mental, right, for the Chiefs. The biggest thing I they could do in the offseason, have that meeting. And it starts with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And, and you know, maybe you, you get the GM, GM in a room and you have some conversations. Like, look, we don't just get to go back to the Super Bowl every year. We've got to, we've got to <laughs> right. take something from Tom Brady's career and, and Bill Belichick and learn from this. It, this is a grind. This doesn't just get gifted to us every single year. We've got a good football team, but we've got to take that extra little bit of maybe, um, I, I don't know what it is, but we, we've got to realize how difficult it's going to be every single year and the AFC is getting stronger against them uh and and you're not just gonna everyone's get... gearing how right. to beat the Chiefs right you how know? do you I mean, beat the Kansas City right. Chiefs right so and Andy Reid needs to take a step back and do some self-scouting too because what's what's lost in this conversation is McKinnon and Edwards Hilaire were gashing the Bengals and they just oh we can't stick with the run you know it was like Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid. That's, that's true. Yeah, that and because until he, until the Super Bowl win with the Chiefs, Andy Reid was the coach that could never win a big game. Right, and a career. lot of it was he's too pass heavy, he's too cute. You know, yeah. I mean, okay. he is who he is. You yeah. know, <laughs> self scouting. That's uh, that's that is the off season to do list number one for. The Kansas yep. City Chiefs, but they're going to, I mean, they're going to be really good still. Oh, they'll be great, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. How about but Tyreek and Kelsey are a year older, right. and, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep, draft and develop. You've got you've to come up with uh, the next group of stars in Kansas City without paying them top-of-the-market money. Mm -hmm. Without question. Jim Harbaugh, is he the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and how did the Chicago Bears let that happen if that's what ends up happening or maybe are the Bears better for not doing a deal with the devil in some ways with Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> Jim Harbaugh on Wednesday will have an official interview. There's been preliminary talks and conversations. Um, the it, it really this is what really seals it for me that it's actually going to happen and that Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Is that D'Amico Ryan's pulled his name from consideration for a second interview with the Vikings? And the Vikings immediately set up another interview with a minority candidate because the new, the new rules for the the new Rooney rules are that you have to have a minority candidate not just interviewed but part of the final in person interview process. Mm, okay. So not just a phone interview. Um, and they lined up another interview with a minority candidate that was a name that I hadn't really heard associated with a lot of head coaching jobs. And it seemed like they tried to get that in quickly so that when Jim Harbaugh comes to town, they can. Sign, hire him and sign him and and and, and right yeah. and 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 let that ink hit paper that's the vibe i get i, I feel like this is a done deal okay i'm gonna throw a wrench into this and i think we talked about this briefly sunday night that i don't think he fits what the vikings were after you know we brought on the folks from locked on vikings and yes. they were talking about collaboration and we're all going to work together and then you bring the big bad wolf in, who's like, you know, the czar. I mean, uh, that, that doesn't quite add up to me. But his track record's ridiculous. I mean, I think he's easy to dislike. But if you're really impartial and look at his career, he's turned around like five teams. I mean, uh, San Diego State, Stanford. Stanford's like the best team in the Pac-10. They're Stanford. You know, I mean, your Niners, considering what he took over. Michigan's much better now than when he picked it up. And I know a lot of my Michigan fans don't like him and whatever. Uh, he's a great recruit. I mean, everywhere he goes, he makes a positive impact on the field. I'm going to steal this, though, from Mike Lombardi. And, and I'm not 
quibbling with what you said. It might be a done deal, but he brought this up on the GM Shuffle podcast. And frankly, I was thinking the same thing, but I don't want to pretend like I invented it. The, the Harbaugh Dolphins conversation has been going on all along. You know, that the owner of the Dolphins is a Michigan alum, and he said, I'm not plucking Harbaugh from my alma mater. I'm not going to do that to my to my favorite school. However, we are not hearing any news on the Dolphin head coaching front. Oh. And what if Harbaugh interviews with the Vikes, the owner of the Dolphins calls up the folks in Michigan and says, hey, he's leaving anyway. Why does he just come here? <laughs> and they tried to get him when he went to the Niners. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's been an infatuation every step of the way. Maybe Harbaugh's just kind of using the Vikings kind of like as a patsy. Or is he using him as a patsy for a new deal with Michigan? Signing day, by the way, is Wednesday when he's having that in-person oh. interview. Right? Wow. That's a weird coincidence because that's like a national holiday for college. Yeah, and I mean, trust me, I was a part of that. If you you're know? a recruit and you're about to sign with Michigan, you're like, wait a second. So maybe then you it's... want the head coach to call you and congratulate you. It's like getting drafted in the first round and you know, the Cowboys never call you even though they pick you, you know? Come on. Right. Or maybe that's Harbaugh saying, look, we've got to get this done by signing day so my recruits know where to go. And and the, and those mm-hmm. all those recruits maybe have been contacted or, or know what the score is and are like, okay, well, let's wait because I'm not going to sign with Michigan if Harbaugh's not there. And why would you? And a little side note, I mean, remember, the Harbaugh brothers swapped the coach out. They, 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 Baltimore, Baltimore sent... I forget who the new defensive coordinator's name is. They send him to Michigan to install the Ravens-like defense. I think he was the linebacker coach of Baltimore as the defensive coordinator for the Wolverines. Then they fire Wink Martindale after this guy does it for a year and does it really well and takes him to the playoffs in the college level. And they bring him back to Baltimore after sending him on a retreat for a year up to Michigan so maybe that coach knows that Harbaugh is not going to be there either. I, I don't know. I'm a really, I'm really digging through the weeds with a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> uh, I think the big, the I think the biggest angle to this whole thing is if you're a Bears fan and Harbaugh was your quarterback, right? And there right. was a lot of talk. Okay, maybe that's the big hire. Let's go get Jim Harbaugh and go, you know, start the new era of Chicago Bears football. If he goes in the division and he ends up with the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Vikings end up winning in a post-Rogers world and start owning that division, how do you feel as a Bears fan? You know, it's almost like you can't let him go somewhere else just in case that does happen. I hear you saying. I mean, he's your guy. He was your quarterback. His Tough mentality certainly fits Chicago in a big way, and that's no knock on Eberflus or any of those guys. But, um, yeah, that would sting. I mean, would he be public enemy number one if the Vikes start rolling the Bears time and time again? Probably. All right, we've got to get out of here. Uh, yep. Fun episode, Matt. We will get deeper into these coaching hires. We'll see how that interview goes with Jim Harbaugh, and we'll see which angle he's actually playing. Is it Minnesota? Is it Miami? Or is it still just Michigan for Harbaugh? Some other hires happen around the league that we've barely touched on here. And Senior Bowl week, Super Bowl That's 56. all I've been doing since we talked last. I've been Senior Bowl oh. 
Oh, I, lo- I love it, man. The draft in. starts in Mobile, and Jim Nagy's yep. doing a, such a good job down there, and I'm getting excited. I'm seeing weigh-ins happening. Practices are starting, and uh, th- th- this is going to be an NFL draft podcast over the course of the offseason, the next few months after the Super Bowl, leading up to the NFL draft. And we appreciate you making us your first listen every day here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. You can find me daily on the network doing Locked On 49ers as well. You can find Matt doing the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. If you want to get deeper into the sports betting world, check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q Myers. Expert analysis from Lee Sterling as well, taking you through the sports betting world daily and free in all of your favorite podcast apps. Matt and I, back tomorrow with your questions. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, right here on Peacock and Williamson.